Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Hair Razor Podcast. Well, I'm back. Let's get started. Hair Razor Podcast coming to you on Monday, President's Day, and I'm glad to be surrounded by two presidents of the SDSU Alumni Association here in Sioux Falls, the Sioux Empire Staters, immediate past chair, Phil, and current president of the Staters, Ryan all Glad to have you guys back. Thank you for your service. I'm just devoting this day to you guys. That's what it was for, the day, right? The day is for us. Right. It's for SDSU Staters, SES Staters presidents. Thank you, senior treasurer. <laughs> yeah, the treasurer, yes. Yeah, I guess, I suppose, you know, regular presidents are still referred to as presidents even after they Absolutely. are no longer presidents, so. I assume you still have the security detail that the Staters provides? Very minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I did hand over the box of stuff to Ryan on the uh, in the transition. I did not leave him a special note. And I guarantee you, he did not look in that box in his two years of doing it either. <laughs> it's completely because <laughs> that box is gone. <laughs> you threw away the box? Oh, there was there was stuff in there from Erickson from like. <laughs> <laughs> That there, there is another box in the basement of uh, the bank that we have a bunch of like plaques and everything that we've received. The hard part is when we don't have a spot that we normally go, it's hard to hang those on a wall. Maybe, maybe we should talk to shenanigans and see if they can uh, allow us to hang those on their wall. Well, Eastside Pizza Ranch does it. I didn't even notice that they had that until uh, somebody took a picture of that. They oh, that nice plaque, plaque that they have, yeah. yeah. Shenanigans, place with stuff on the wall. Yes, yes. So, well, thank you, Eric. You're yes. welcome. It's good to, good to have you in honor here. of us. Cheers, cheers to us. So we shouldn't be working is what you're saying. That's, well. Cheers. <laughs> Lots of stuff to get to today. A lot of jackrabbit basketball, wrestling doing well. But, hey, so there's probably a conundrum. I figured I'd ask you hair raisers that have significant others. Friday night was men's basketball up in Brookings. Uh, it was also, according to my calendar, Valentine's Day. So, you know, for your uh, titans of industry and presidencies like yourselves, what uh, what was the call for Valentine's Day? Oh, like you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's simple. We, uh, I used to work at Shields Nights, and Melissa worked at the clinic. So we would always do a dinner and a movie, and or I'm sorry, yeah, pizza and a movie. And so we made our own pizza. Got the kid a pizza. Unfortunately, the uh, game was not on um, TV, so I listened on the radio, and I think <laughs> most of my it's bed by nine. So very eventful. Uh, 16th year of Valentine's Day. I ended up, because the men played on Friday night, right? Yep, just yep. said it. I ended Do you up, listen to uh, the show? <laughs> <laughs> I ended up paying to watch it on uh, Jack Rabbit's, the through the SDSU site. So I did watch it on there. That was about it. Sam, Sam, we were supposed to have basketball that night. Sam, excuse me, was not feeling good. And so we did not go and have basketball. But I think we watched a movie for a bit and then... Yeah. Well, we, I brought we a, did make we did make because we brought back some things from Italy our, for ourselves. Trinkets, not, not for you guys. No. Um, we did eat some heart shaped noodles from Italy. <laughs> that was Jen's idea because we did bring some heart shaped noodles back. But that was the that was the extent of uh, 
romance in the DeGroat household for Valentine's Day. See, marriage and singles. Well, very, see, uh, very, it's, uh, limited on fun. Well, it's possible. Well, it still looks like you fell below the national average because I like a good survey, so I brought in a survey from bankrate.com. Oh, good, good site. Absolutely. Asking people what they plan to spend on their uh, Valentine's Day, and the national average was $152. Wow, I saved 148 <laughs> <laughs> If you go to a fancy restaurant, though, in some of those big cities, it's not that hard to spend $158 It is, on and it, it takes into account um, food, Flowers, gifts, those, everything. absolutely. So the average was 152 Millennials brought that average up to $208, but I thought... I thought Millennials didn't have any money to they, spend. They borrowed it from their parents. <laughs> because they were so overwhelmed with debt from student loans and, you know, crappy jobs and everything else. Maybe just ordering into the parents' basement. I don't know. Could be really expensive food. <laughs> that sounds like a millennial uh, Valentine's Day. The one I really enjoyed, though, they broke it up by length of relationship. All right. Oh boy. So for people with less than six months, the average jumped to seven hundred dollars. They should Ooh. realize they don't have to spend that much on each other. That's called the woo stage. <laughs> they bought, they just were married, though. They shouldn't have to be wooing each other. Well, anymore. it says relationship. It doesn't say they're married. Oh, relationship. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. woo. Oh, that's yeah. Woo. So not necessarily married. No, that's uh. That's looking for uh, as soon as as soon as marriage hits, then it goes. Mm-hmm. We we love our wives. Just FYI them. for them listening. Well, I, when you see seven hundred dollars, I kind of think to the Seinfeld episode. What did I just pay for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we want to go down that road. <laughs> well, in your guys' case, the ten years to less than twenty years was one hundred and thirty-six. Was the average from Bankrate.com? So thank you for that entertainment to start for your presidents. That, that's right. Well, I'm glad you guys saved some money so that we can go to Jackrabbit Basketball. Four days worth of basketball up in Brookings. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday started out with, well, I'm going to call it a stinker. I'm going to say a thud. <laughs> that's right. The SDSU women fall to Denver, 72-62. Surprising. Really surprising to see the the women lose at home to a Denver team that uh, not not great, but definitely came in hungry. Tyler Irwin leads the Jacks with 14 points. Peyton Burkhard has 11. Megan Boltzma, eight points. And so, that was Denver's first win ever in Frost. It was. SJSU leads that series 16 to two all time. So you can imagine not many people walked into the stadium Thursday night thinking you're going to lose to the Pioneers. Yep. Perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> that might be all we can say. I mean, they. I didn't get to see it, listened to a little bit of it, but hoofta. It just Turnovers, just, turnovers, just turnovers. Terrible. And I mean, some bad shooting. Especially with you, you're trying to at least stay close with USD in the standings. You know, maybe if USD happens to drop a stinker, which they almost did at ORU, mm-hmm. but not when you lose to Denver. Well, and... All of AJ's quotes were just basically, Denver was better than us tonight. I mean, no excuses, no anything else than they were just better. SDSU led at halftime 37-36, but Denver comes out on an 11-0 run. That pretty much sealed the fate for the women on Thursday night. Came back out on Saturday, though, and totally redeemed themselves against a very hapless IPFW team. <laughs> they, uh, they looked like they were playing mad. Somebody sent me a text saying, I really like how uh, SDSU was playing mad tonight. and Well, that's, that was true. Again, I was not able to go to the game on Saturday because 
we watched a lot of basketball on Saturday. Yeah, SDSU wins that game 89-43, shooting 56.1 on Saturday afternoon as opposed to the 39% on Thursday night. So big difference, 5 for 25 on Thursday night from three-point land. Yeah, Ryan, you were there. What were your thoughts? Well, they came out pounding the rock down below. I mean, it was evident right off the bat that they were going to take their size and uh, – go straight through uh, them and uh, I, I believe the stat we saw was 62 points to two points in the paint um, it was evident right off the bat I think they got up 16 or 18 to nothing and then um, if Fort Wayne uh, did not hit all the threes they were chucking up I mean it w- looked like a middle school chuck <laughs> they were whipping things up they, they were hitting some but um, obviously they came out with a purpose and uh, again you know all the girls they they're they're doing great. I mean, when they're in and on, it's uh, it's a very fun watch. We got to take our daughter eight to the game, and and she just was in awe. Like this is an awesome game. This is an awesome game. I'm like, this is the team that we're expecting. And you know, the Thursday game with the mishap was just like, oh, I was I was just nervous about how they were going to come out. Right. AJ did say, yeah. let's not let a Thursday disappointment linger into Saturday and. They did not. Well, you can't lose two at home in a row. Well, and not to the Mastodons. Again, so the Mastodons finish up as they have one more for the road, (laughs) as they head to where? The Horizon League? Is that where IPFW is headed to? They finish their series with SDSU as 36 1. Yeah, I don't know what Horizon League women's basketball is like, but I don't think it's going to get any better for the Dons. At least they're the Mastodons. What? Like, cool mascot? Mascot's always exciting at the Summer League tournament. So fun fact Love about how the, you know, I, I'm a big mascot guy. So the reason why they are the Mastodons is because on the campus they were digging up for uh, new buildings and they actually found a Mastodon or Mammoth on site. That's how they got their team name. So As opposed we're... to a man named Don. That's <laughs> yeah. Mr. Don. There's a Don. <laughs> hey, you know, hey. Like you know, Forget about it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of mascots, because we're going way off, we're going left field here. That's what we do. Did you see BYU chuck their mascot from beyond the three-point line? Phenomenal. Defying gravity? How does that even work? Mormons must be super bored going, we can't drink, we have no caffeine, what are we going to do today? But we are going to sling our mascot. That was from the three-point line, so in that altitude, if you brought it down to the plains, I'm guessing that was a normal three-point shot. (laughs) You get an extra about three feet in uh, altitude lift on that one. I don't know. I've seen people try to climb into an open window and couldn't boost anybody up there. They tossed this guy from the three-point I can barely get out of bed. And for that dude to be flying in the air with the mascot stuff on to catch a basketball and then to dunk it, insane. I mean, that that was one of the coolest things in the internet. And I believe his name is Cosmo. But, I mean, that guy has Kramer. been... Yeah. <laughs> but he's been a sensation. He does the dance video with the team during the football thing. Whoever the mascot there is BYU, he's... Uh, legit BYU mascot. Yeah, it, it was it was nuts. Just to see him just continue to go and go, and you're like, this, this is really going to happen. It's clearly real. It, I don't know how you... Where, there was like five or six yeah, of them that tossed him, but how do you, how where, do you all even get enough... Like, Where do you grab on? Just say yeah. it. Where are you going to grab on? Where are you throwing it Where's from? the lift? Yeah. <laughs> you take this hawk. <laughs> Well, so anyway. good shooting up Thursday night. Peyton Burkhardt gets thir- 23. She turned in her seventh 20-plus outing of the season. So as we look at the Summit League standings, 
Yeah, you mentioned USD to have a little bit scared down on the road down in Tulsa, but uh, they still got a two-game lead over the Jacks with uh, three to go. And uh, Western Illinois is five back, three back of the Jacks. You would like to say that the uh, one and two seeds that's locked up should be locked up. Yeah, I, there's. I mean, USD is one, we're two, and then there's everybody else. And that's like Saturday's women's session is going to be really, really boring. Yeah, right. I might put my foot in my mouth with that, well, but it should be really, really boring. As of today, it would be USD. Omaha, and then SDSU, NDSU. Yeah. That's where we'd stand today. Well, you... maybe NDSU will bring down the crowd. And it'll... Never mind. <laughs> they spend all their money on football. <laughs> well, we'll find out more about SDSU women's basketball Tuesday night, February 8th, or not night, Tuesday afternoon, February 18th, out at the uh, Sioux, or the... Uh, Pizza Ranch. Pizza Ranch, east side, east 10th Street, for the Sioux Empire Staters luncheon. Stop on out there, listen to AJ, get some chicken, get some pizza. Listen to the president introduce things. It's fantastic. Oh, it's uh, right there. That's a bonus. The president introducing AJ. Yes. <laughs> president Ryan. President Ryan. President hey. Rhino. Hey oh, hey oh. The SSU men fared much better against the Pioneers on Friday night. They win ninety to seventy-eight. Detlinger goes for twenty-two and eleven. Doug Wilson twenty-three. North Friedale sixteen, and he got them all in the second half. Yeah, I mean. Dominant game. I mean, they played great. Uh, Detlinger has just been a beast down low. You add him with Douglas. Um, we can get into that yesterday's game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this team, and you hear it everywhere, this team is just fun to watch. Yeah, I was talking to a lady at church, and, you know, everybody you talked to is like, oh, I did not expect him to be this good. And you're like, yeah, but we didn't know what we were getting because there were so many new, and we've talked about it a hundred times, but they just – Keep and Frost Arena is so hard to win in. I mean, once that crowd gets going and those guys get that extra lift, but these guys just they're like all the pieces are matching up and they are just a really, really good basketball team. It was a physical game, 44 total fouls called that night, and uh, one more technical foul when Coach Billups decided that he had had enough. <laughs> he didn't want to be there anymore, he was tired of it. <laughs> But you're right, it's tough to win on the road at Frost. That was their 22nd win at home, and they picked up the 23rd on what was one of the most entertaining games outside of the NDSU game when the Jacks did not look so hot. Well, IPFW came out Sunday afternoon with a plan. A lot of energy. A lot of energy. I I mentioned uh, to Eric during the game is if the Dons can keep up this energy through the whole game, one, it's going to be impressive, and two, we may lose. They could not keep up the energy the whole game. And we went on a, what did we figure out, like a 26-2 to two run to start that second half? Because mm-hmm. as the first half was winding down and we started to make a comeback, you know, you're just sitting there going, okay, are, can we get it within five by halftime? Because if you get it within five or close, you're going to, you, you feel good about even how poorly we played as to where we finished the game. And then when it was 10 at half, you're going, ooh, if, if the Dons come out and string together some baskets here, that's going to be hard to hard to make up ground because it's just always hard to come back. When you go on a 26-2 run to start a half, game over. Yeah, Slam well, the door. Ultimately, it was 12 unanswered to start the half, which became a 40-7 to run yeah. over the course. But that first five minutes of basketball was almost 
unwatchable. I think they had eight or nine possessions and over half of them were turnovers. And it was just like, this isn't the team that we've been watching. And as Phil said, you know, if you can keep that thing to six, eight, even ten points going into half, SDSU is men's side, women's side, always adjusted well. And the guys have always, always stepped up their game the second half. Man, watching that come back, wow. It was just like, they... They are deer in headlights. They couldn't hit anything. The mastodons. They couldn't see anything. They, the SDSU was just on. Which was the exact opposite of the first half. I mean, the first half, Douglas Wilson looked like he just struggled with the double team coming at him. They were coming at guy. him fast. Yeah, too. yeah, and hard. Yeah, but you know, there was one time where he had three guys on him, and Eric and I said to each other, that means there's got to be at least one guy open somewhere. Math. And then they they just kind of figured it out, Matt. Nah. <laughs> they just kind of figured it out then, and 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 they go on a forty to seven run to finish out the game, and even have Douglas in foul trouble. I mean, he he got his two right off right. the bat, and he looked at Hendo and said, "Nope." And he goes, Hendo goes, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> he was not he was not happy standing on the free throw line after his third. But it's okay when you can bring in David Winget and and Winget starts playing the four, but yet has the abilities. You know he's as tall as Douglas Wilson. Oh yeah, and has the abilities to kind of play down low if he needs to. But yet if he gets a mismatch going on the outside because he can knock down that shot. You know a couple different times there was pump fakes by him steps steps to the side three pointer knocks it down. Um, was it Friedel or it was Shireman right in the right in the corner? That was in the first yeah. half. But you know that that fake. Step over to the side, shoot a three-pointer, knock it down. One person who was sitting next to us got super upset, thinking there was a foul on Shireman's. And I was like, one, it wasn't a foul. And two, we just knocked down a three. So calm down. That's a rant for another day. When things are frustrating, apparently, I can't find a good place to sit where people don't blame the officials for the ills going on in the floor. And and when you are an official like Eric, it really gets That's right. Objectivity of who needs that. But you know not to interrupt you, but it's almost you like they all... Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> no, but it, you said that sidestep. Almost all of them did that fake pump, dribble right, and then set their shot up. And it was like... Watching one is almost like watching all. It's like yeah. like you're saying, they're putting... The, whoever the puzzle piece that comes out, they're putting one in that's almost the same exact fit. It's, it's depth, like we have yeah. been saying. And this team, fighting back like that, that's the defining win. Because... The next three games coming up for SDSU is going to be—it's going to be a tough gauntlet. It is because one and two are and three are not decided in the summit. But just to wrap that up, SDSU did go on to win that game, 75-64. Detlinger, he goes for his fifth double double, ten rebounds, eighteen points. Huge congratulations to Coach Hendo on his twentieth win. I mean, yeah, like first, as we, if first we, year there, twenty wins, twenty and eight. I mean, great for him, and another milestone for SDSU, another twenty-one season. Yeah, and uh, as we were talking about, with each week passing, and there's fewer games to be played. Again, math. It's true. Three, yep. three, three games left. Yep. You go up to UND. Go ahead, Eric. You got no, right no, you're absolutely right. Three games left for SDSU. NDSU has four. SDSU has a half game lead over NDSU, and. Two-game lead over USD would had a that critical loss down at Ooh, Oral that's Roberts. Big. That's, that's big. big. Yep. We go two and one. You get USD coming back. If they can't win at ORU, I mean, we gotta feel pretty confident about what we can do against them in Frost Arena. Well, it's tough. Another place there where it is tough to win, but now that really makes getting that one seed really important. I'm not interested in seeing USD on a Monday night. 
You want the one seed so we can see the four yeah, seed. Yeah, I would really like to go 3-0 and here right. to finish out the year. And, uh, so they're at UND on Wednesday night. Yep. And then a very uh, critical matchup with uh, USD on Sunday and then go to Fargo. It'd be great if we would go uh, 2-0, and NDSU loses to USD, and now suddenly we may have it almost wrapped up by then by the time we go to Fargo. I think the cards are going to be, it's coming down that last game. It's going to, NDSU has been playing tough. They're, they're almost doing what SDSU is doing. They're getting double-digit wins. They're playing tough D. We saw that in Frost when they were up there. It's just going to be a good battle. And uh, So I saw the NDSU people talking uh, on Twitter, and one guy was saying, well, if, if NDSU wins out and, you know, if they go on and win the Summit League tournament, you know, they should be at least a 14 seed with their schedule and this and that. And I almost replied, boy, that's a lot of ifs when you guys aren't even first place in the conference. And if we, I think you put it out there, if we win the conference and the Summit League tournament this year, uh, everybody else in the Summit League should just say goodnight because we have the one of the youngest teams in all of NCAA basketball, and we just won the Summit League tournament. That was a great drop by Newitt. I love Brad Newitt. If you guys get to watch him on Midco with Neiman, Neiman, my boy, um, he has some great stats. And to be the seventh youngest team in NCAA basketball this year, that's phenomenal. I mean, what they're put together this short a time with a brand new coach. Um, I mean, the future's bright. But, I mean, if they can get that, everything they have projection of bracketology, I always put that out there on Tuesday and Thursday. It's a way, way, way too early bracketology. But but it's not that early anymore. No, it's getting to that point where it's, Again, it's going fast. Again, that passes. Yep. But they have everything at a 15th seed. There's no way, no way NDSU even gets three wins, wins Summit, and jumps up to a, a 14th seed. I think a 15th seed for the Summit leader is probably a good projection. A 14 seed would be it'd be nice. Cause there's got to be a lot that happens. You're playing a three seed at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. but there's got to be a lot that happens. I guess my point is, is if they think they can beat a be a a 14 seed, there's no reason why we can't be a 14 seed. As well, well, if if yeah, I mean our our losses are pretty good. I mean the Arizona one, the Indiana one. You know, they've gone outside of conference and played some really good mm-hmm. games. It's just a matter of it's almost at that point yeah. where you got to you're going to have to string off about so, seven straight wins here to get up to a 14. Yeah. What uh, what I was thinking during the game though, and this goes for the men's and women's basketball is, you know, if you come to SDSU to play basketball, you can about guarantee that you're going to go play in an NCAA tournament. You know, NDSU says you come here, you will be, you know, you'll walk away a champion, and it's been the, it's been true. But if you go to SDSU to play basketball, you will play in an NCAA tournament. It's probably been a long time since somebody on any either the men's or women's team has gone through their whole career and not played in a summit league or played in an NCAA tournament. March Madness, not even NIT. March Madness. Yep. A lot of depth. You mentioned that. What else has a lot of depth is beers from EBC. So we got a uh, good transition. We got a great another combo here. I talked about it, teased it, teased it last Saturday. And uh, this is the uh, silo key lime sour from EBC mixed with the double bum IPA from EBC. I guarantee so you, it's I, called a what? A key lime bum. Key lime. So we're trying a key lime bum from <laughs> Eponymous Brewing up in Brookings EBC. again. So I, I think maybe we did talk about it. Maybe not. 
But you go there, and I don't go to a whole lot of these craft brew places. I probably should go more. But they will. Oh, that sounded like a, little, a silo breaking. The beer is shooting back at Yes, a um, little premature uh, beer squirt. But you can get what is this? What is this called? The can? Well, that's a crawler. A crawler, yeah. not a growler. So it, it's a crawler. It's a can growler. Yeah, it's a can growler. It's what? How many ounces? Thirty-two ounces. That's sixty-four. Sixty-four ounces, and they can it right there in front of you. Fill up the can, put the top on. I'm amazed. <laughs> it's like it's only monkey. been going on for about two or three years <laughs> now. It's, it's <laughs> monkeys using tools for the first time. <laughs> when you normally drink Bush Light, you don't go to these places, and then suddenly you realize, wait, you can mix beers, and you're going to can it in front of me. Phil, they put the can in a machine. They put the liquid in it. Boom. They put the can top on. They mm. press and seal it. Boom. Oh, Beer Nonetheless, can. mind blown. Awesome. Good for them. Creative. Well, no, I really feel like I got to bring you there and have them. If if they did not do that in front of you, Phil, would you think? Would you just be like, I don't believe? I gotta excuse myself for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I believe it because I can see it now. But that's why I said to Eric, you mean they actually can it all right there? And he said, Yep. And this is a sour hazy. Here you go, Phil. Yep. This is two beers again. Mark frowns up on it, so now it's... Oh, we uh, heard. Uh, yeah, oh, we heard. I know, this growler... The, the crawler, crawler is the crawler not is a good... Uh... Um, I'm a big fan of Key West and Key Lime Pie and everything really just Key Lime in general, so I'm pretty excited to Wow, that's to a pretty this. tough pour. Yeah, you're going to need a paper <laughs> towel there. You want to grab me that uh, Dana Dyke House blue Homer Hanky towel here? Eric? First taste. Well, I thought you already took <laughs> took a drink. No, I was waiting. I was waiting for everybody to get their stuff together here. I really wish we would have talked baseball because I don't think I'm going to be reading any of my notes. <laughs> so you can taste the key lime a little more sour than the last one. It is a little more sour than the last one. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Ryan taste testing has no taste buds or smell. Oh, that's uh, that's sour. Yeah, it, is, it is more sour than the last yeah, one. I can was, see that by the look what, on your what, face. What was last week's? That was their uh, raspberry sour mixed yeah, with the double Which bottle. was really good. Um, this one isn't... I don't know if it's quite as good as that one. I also had to clean my palate, so as I continue drinking, it may... See, I do like... I better. like this one. It's, the, it's got a nice sweet yep. end, though. Finish. Yeah, there you go. I tasted that. It's good. I like it's it. It's not bad. We're, we're what? How, how long have we been doing this? Six for six? I don't know. The Vietnam, uh, I've been drinking the Vietnam since, beer was fine. I've been drinking since 21. So the challenge is to bring it just complete garbage? <laughs> Find a really bad one? Didn't have to throw it against Ryan's wall, is what he said. Please don't. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Epipotamus. Good for them. Yep. Good job. Go on in good there. Good job on the beer. We'll make sure we tag them on Twitter with this because... If you want to go check them out, they're on Main Street, Brookings. Yep, South Main. And they, like, they, they, they are not a sponsor. They do not do, even give us anything. These are just us buying beer there. And by but us we would love to have them. Yeah, uh, if they would love to sponsor us and keep sending us uh, crawlers of beer. We will continue we'll, to we taste will test open them on air. Drinking on air. That's right. Stay local. <laughs> I consider that's, Brookings local. Yeah, that's right. Well, we do have to get around the Sioux Falls ones. We talked about that Saturday, but wrestling. Two great wins. Great win over Fresno State. 
26-12. That was a big 12 win. And then last night, Sunday, just take care of what I believe was a pretty good Stanford team. Stanford's normally good at wrestling, but uh, I think the Stanford, the Stanford match, we only gave up one takedown. So when you start looking at that and you only have one takedown, it's a big night for the boys. It looked look like an awesome match. Once again, Danny Vega wrestled really well. I mean, all your big dogs wrestled really well. Um, I don't have all their stats in front of me. I just lost them pulling up something else. Or um, juice to build beer on yours, but, too. Yeah, but the, the wrestling program is hitting their stride, I, and I truly feel that way, other than kind of a little bit of a uh, setback against Oklahoma State. They're rolling where they're going to go into this Big 12 championship here. I, I need to find the date on that, but it's got to be pretty soon. There can't be too many meets left. Um, but that's where, that's where you know, Coach Han said is, you know, we want to start the year and work our way up to that meet because that's where we want to be to that meet and then continue for the guys that make it to nationals, continue to you wrestle really well at nationals. And it looks like his plan is kind of working out, especially for some of our top wrestlers there. Hasn't worked out so well starting the season. Uh, Coach Bishop talked about having a young but experienced team, but rough start to the year with uh, playing, I guess, what is a good Dallas Baptist team. I don't know. Right off, you're our baseball expert. The feared Dallas Baptist. Got swept 0-3 down at the, the, the feared and hated Dallas Baptist. Yeah, you know, the start of a new year is always exciting. And when you're a northern team, Baseball is already difficult because outdoor weather, scheduling, and all that, home games. We all know this as SDSU fans. I think they maybe get five to seven home games in Brookings. Um, I really wish that there was TV available. Um, as an ex-Midco guy, I know that they uh, they can, the way the stadium's hooked up, there's no hookups for them. They'd have to actually pull in electricity to actually do games. So um, I would like for, for hookups. There's no outlets? No, they would literally have... No. It's the holes. The holes in the wall. No, not for TV. Oh. Like, they they, they hook Dana up with all the the, the plumbing, basically, for that. Baseball doesn't have that out that field. Sure. So So why can't baseball do it on their own? Why can't SDSU Athletics do it on their own? If I can watch a high high school football game, and there's a lot of them on YouTube Live, like, why can't SDSU figure that out and put it on their own feed? And maybe they can and maybe they do get but, some get some of the journalism students out there to do the broadcast. Yeah, I mean it'd be I mean it'd be great to have if you followed them on Twitter this weekend. Um, the highlights they had video wise, it was great to follow instead of just having text word text. Um, they did have some highlights, and I don't know if that was the SDSU broadcast that they were doing and and doing the the highlights over. But for this Dallas Baptist team to go down there and play, Dallas Baptist is actually I know it's not a big school in our but they're Missouri Valley baseball. Uh, back in 2011, they were a super regional finalist. Dang near got to the College World Series. So in the last, like, seven, eight years, this is a good baseball team. So they are feared. They're feared. It's Dallas Baptist. How will you not be feared? Feared Dallas Baptist. But, you know, you sit there, and uh, you, when you get the first game, you're getting your starters. Uh, by the by, the rubber game, the third game of the series, um, if you get into any pitching duels, it depth is the big part. You know, you start getting into pitching, um, and I think that showed last night. I mean, with the three wins last night, they ended up getting uh, seven innings, uh, thirteen to two. Um, but the game before that, 
was another. Or it, it I mean, eight eight to seven and eleven innings, so right in the second game, a four one game to start this. And series. that's where the depth comes in. Once you start going extra innings in the first or second, your, your pitching is going to be very down by the third game. But no, the Jackrabbits end up going to I believe it's Pacific uh, on February twenty first. Um, just so as we can back up and look at some of these players, I mean, we had seven All Conference players returning for this year. We have two on the first team, Gus Steger and Brett Barnett. The first, they're both juniors. Uh, Steger is a shortstop, and uh, Barnett's a pitcher. Um, Steger actually led almost SDSU in all categories. And then we have five guys on the second team, two sophomores and three seniors, McKay, Beasley, Brown, Falk, and Olmstead. Um, pitching, three pitchers, a first base DH, and uh, Brown with a second. Um, this is a young team again, and... I just, as we've talked about, hopefully bringing uh, Summit League Baseball back to Sioux Falls. They were picked third in the Summit. But these are the games that build up off, off-site campus tournaments that they play. Um, I think they have the pitching to do it. They have the young bats to do it. It's just a matter of knocking Oral Roberts off. Well, and the big thing is, is they were playing down in Texas, and you know what happens with baseball in Texas. There's a little bit of cheating, maybe some banging on drums, these sorts of things. So it's just hard to beat a baseball team in Texas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Dal- Dallas think... Baptist is stealing signs from South Dakota oh, State. Boy, we got to have that technology, right? <laughs> well, I have marked my calendar. we got to wait till March 27th for the Jacks to return home. That'll be their first home game. Three o'clock first pitch against defending Summit League champion University of Nebraska Omaha. And I'm guessing that could be moved down to Augie. <laughs> <laughs> so the big goal right now, though, with uh, fundraising for baseball is to get a a turf infield. Is that? I think that's what. Uh, I think that's always been on the uh, plan. Um, Augie down here in Sioux Falls. I don't know how much money they make just from doing rescheduled games, but. Almost every single college comes up to Augie and uses their facility because of the infield and the outfield with the turf. So they have an infield turf. At They're Augie. fully turfed. Oh, even the outfield. Yeah, outfield turfed. just fully turfed. So you sit there and I, I I don't know the number. I think it was like almost two million dollars to get turf down. That's a lot of money yeah, when money. when they're looking at basketball facilities. They're looking at all that. Um, when you're look, talking baseball in the spring. That's a lot of money to put down for hopefully seven to eight home games in Brookings. Yeah. But unfortunately. Maybe you can play a few more home games in Brookings if you have better field conditions. Yeah, if you can play Because I would assume they schedule more than eight games. Don't yeah. They? I mean, if, if, if they're playing in Sioux Falls, they can play in Brookings. Period. Period. Ooh, the climate's much nicer down here in Sioux Falls and Brookings. Oh, yeah, huge two degrees. <laughs> they dent a lot of BB core bats. <laughs> yeah, that is the problem playing baseball or softball in the cold is you break bats. No, it'll be interesting to see. They, I mean, they always have a series down in, uh, in Omaha. They go down and play Creighton down in uh, TD Ameritrade, which is the home of the College World Series. Um, it's going to be a good year. There was a lot of upsets this year or this weekend with the top ten. Um, I know Florida State lost. I know uh, Vanderbilt has some losses. But right now it's kind of tournament time, a lot of neutral sites. And uh, by the time they hit the conference play, hopefully the bats are swinging hot and the pitching's tight, nice and tight. And, and uh, we'll see. I mean, it's we have seven returning 
all conference teams, and I think the next was Oral Roberts with two. So that just tells you right there, it's set up for possible, possible good Summit League baseball. And hopefully they serve some apple pound. This is really growing on me. This is I, good beer. I wouldn't bring you bad beer. I, I know you wouldn't. And this is it's supposed to be taste testing, so we shouldn't necessarily know. That's right. Anything. And you don't have to agree all the time. But but I do like it. Like every, With every drink I take. Also on your schedules, hopefully all made the adjustment that uh, the game originally scheduled to play the Cornhuskers, moving to football from August 31st, 2024, has been moved to September 7th. They're scared. 2030. <laughs> I did like Z- Matt Zimmer's tweet, Matt Zimmer, the Argus leader, tweeting out, if, ba- if football even looks remotely the same when <laughs> yeah. you get to 2030. And, you know, he might not be totally wrong when we look at rules and we look at funding issues. We've seen things out of St. Cloud State cutting the program. Uh, I, true or untrue story out of Eastern Washington? So the biggest the biggest news really in FCS athletics uh, pertaining to Eastern Washington, I think their academics or whatever. The their really, advisory board. Yeah, their advisory board, which I don't even know if this report is necessarily true because it's not technically supported by the university. But they they were the faculty was coming out and saying that it is not worth it to have sports at Eastern Washington, so they should potentially give up all sports at the college because sports do not add any sort of uh, attendance or growth in admissions, I think is what they were trying to say. And so if it's not adding any growth to admissions, then we should get rid of sports. If not get rid of sports, at least get rid of football um, or have football go down to D3 because then they don't have scholarships, Um, which is insane because this just goes back and lends itself back to the academics versus athletics. And everybody in academics doesn't think that athletics really brings anything to a university. And they're just dead wrong. I mean, would you would you guys know about Eastern Washington without the red turf out there, without uh, Vernon Adams running around their national championship? I mean, when you look at what, what our ad on College Game Day brought to us, and I would love to see College Game Day maybe go out to Eastern Washington and go out there and do college game day on that campus with that red turf and just show everybody, no, athletics are a big deal. You're, you're not going to have, people will not come to your university if you have no athletics. It doesn't, you, what fun is that? Diversity, if you look at diversity, how many people, how many, how many diverse students they bring to that university just through sports. And so it's, it's, sports is a very vital part, I think, to a lot of universities. Otherwise, why would your smaller colleges you know, your NAIA schools even have these athletics because it does cost a lot of money. Mount Marty just added football. Well, because they understand the, the role. I mean, you add football, now you can bring in more diverse students. You can bring in more students. Football games are fun. People want to go to them, theoretically. But <laughs> <laughs> but athletics, it just brings more people on your campus. Every time SDSU has a big football game and they bring 15,000 alumni and other people back, a lot of times, the first time a student or a potential student steps foot on campus, it's because they're going to a football game or a basketball game or a wrestling meet. And, and then they get to see the whole campus and what it is. If you don't have that and bring them to the campus, they may not know about it. And they're going to be going to a different campus and checking it out. So if you get rid of athletics, you're going to have that many fewer people coming to your campus. And I, you know, I don't know how they can say, well, you know, admissions haven't rise. Admissions aren't rising at any school because of online education. So it's just, it's just 
the academics and the people in that academic world need to get off their high horse ready and understand the impact that athletics has on the university and know that this does help a university. And yes, they're going there for an education, and I get that, and that is the most important part, especially at your FCS level schools because most of these guys, 99% of these athletes are not going on to play professionally anywhere. But they're getting that education and they're moving on and hopefully giving back to their university because if they got a scholarship, they shouldn't have very much for student loans, if any, and should be able to give back to their universities to help other kids come to that university. So that's just it just blows my mind that that continues to be an issue of academics saying, oh, we need to get rid of this sport. Somebody needs to track St. Cloud State. They lost football and see how many, what their, what their admissions or, you know, how many students or enrollment is at that university now if they don't have football. Because they already have kids going down to Augie. And if you have a choice to go to Augie and play football or go to St. Cloud State and not play anything, they're going to go to Augie. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, and, you know, our back, when I was younger, my sister was actually playing soccer at UNO, UNO in Omaha when the... Uh, Trevor came in and wiped the football to go 100% into hockey. Yeah. They got rid of That was one of the first shocks. It was like, oh, my gosh, they're getting rid of football. Well, then you start seeing the small school. But Eastern Washington might be the largest name I have seen that somebody suggested this. Now, you tell me one thing. And you guys are we're, we're pro, we're pro Jacks. Yeah. You look pro at sports. what. Well, and pro Jacks. But if you put their input, Dallas Goddard's name, every single time they say South Dakota State or uh, Jake Winicky up in Canada. Or Cooper Cup, who was an All-American over at Eastern Washington with the Rams. How much money does that make for these schools? Yes, the overall the overall budget that they're saying, yes, we're losing money. But when these athletes go and make a name for themselves, it's free publicity. I mean, it's the same thing with the NBA, all that. If you have someone from your homegrown talent, it's spreading that. You're looking at, like... I have a kid now at SDSU, second-generation Jack. Why? Because we took him to football games. We took him to basketball games. We took him to these events. My daughter, if she chose somebody other than SDSU at this point, especially meeting one of her favorite players last this Saturday, Cassio Jensen, who was awesome, by the way, that's going to be a memory they have. They have such positive memories. Sports brings positive memories. And you enjoy the day. So, so someone out there in economics or some of that that's that's telling you we need to cut something let's be real you cut that your school is gonna it's not gonna oh, die yeah. it's gonna it's gonna take a massive it's, hit it's gonna be a slow death but they're i mean what are you gonna do for fun you have this huge football stadium i mean what is eastern washington known for Physics, or not physics, psychology, which is, I think, what one of the professors was in this report, or a red turf. I mean, if you ask somebody, Eastern Washington, oh yeah, there's there's those guys that play on that red turf. Now, the red turf is horrible to watch on TV, but with as many more games that get on TV, and the big sky does have games on TV, especially on ESPN, if you go to ESPN Plus or ESPN 3, like, you get a lot more advertising. That's why these schools not signing on with ESPN 1 is dumb because you just need to, so that way you get that out there, that exposure. And you reach so many extra people with that because, you know, you start flipping through, huh, there's a game with a red turf. Let's watch this. But you're right. Cooper Cup, Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams, a, a phenomenal quarterback up in Canada. Who's throwing a Winicky? 
Yeah. So you can't tell me that there's kids up in Canada going, huh, I could go to eastern Washington. That's not that far away from where we're at. We're at. And now, and now you're now you're getting international students. It just it just doesn't make any sense. And Eastern Washington did a great job of coming out and said, "We do not support this. We're not. We are keeping athletics. We understand how vital athletics is to our university." And the worst part about that report is now there's doubt. As a student yeah. athlete, you're going, "Okay, in the next four to six years, if I am a sophomore or junior starting to get recruited." We're, we're, is this program going to be around and by the time I'm graduating? that's what happened at St. Cloud State. You start putting that doubt in the athletes. It was the worst thing to do for an athletic program all across the board. Yeah. Women's sports, men's sports, anything. Now that athletic director and all those coaches when recruiting have to, have to answer questions about the potential of athletics going away from their university. Yeah, and that's a tough spot for the athletic group. Well, the two complement each other. One of the big things with getting an accredited business school at SDSU allowed them to recruit even more athletes, so it benefits both sides of the equation. Yeah. One doesn't function without the other, like you said, so hopefully can't we all just get along. And to fund these things, <laughs> get to the scholarship auction Reminds May Kenny Chesney 2nd. So oh, sorry, guess. That's all right, May 2nd, 2020. SDSU scholarship auction, always a great time. Go to jacks2020.givesmart.com to get your ticket or reserve a table. It's awesome, and it goes towards funding the things that you're talking goes about. Goes to uh, Jackrabbit Scholarships. Scholarships, absolutely. And 100% to the students, Jackrabbit Scholarship, goals a million dollars. Who are student I think athletes. three years in a row they've hit a million student dollars. Athletes, yeah. Yeah. So even if you can't go, because there's somebody here on this podcast who cannot go. Not named Ryan or Eric. Not, not named Ryan or Eric. Once again, I have a, a, a kids' athletic an event. An apology that, to make. An apology. I'll make it afterwards. Another one. But, but you can bid for the auction items online. Not the live auction items, but all the, there's a lot of other online Nuggets. auction items I have bought. As I'm looking here... Uh, in the basement, I see Ryan's old, well, I don't know if it's necessarily his jersey. Mine's around the corner. But the 28 jersey that Ryan wore at SDSU. Uh, I have several different SDSU jerseys at my place. I, I need to get them in a nice uh, nice frame like you have, Ryan. Haven't gotten around. So they're just hanging in my closet. Good times. But, yeah, it's, it is a great time. Yeah. The Jackrabbit Scholarship Auction is a phenomenal time. All the coaches are around. There's a lot of student athletes around. Um, so you can meet the student athletes. You can thank them for everything that they do. They also thank us for what we do and supporting them. It's just, it's just a big hug. It is. It's a Get, good way to wrap up the it's year. A good, it's a good meal, good steak, good beer, good wine, J-Lore wine all over. You bet. Get signed up for that. Summit League's on its way. Getting excited just talking about it. Oh, my gosh. We're out of time for it. Oh, my gosh. He's taking clothes off. That means we got to leave. It's all over. He's yeah. got his March to I'm the so Summit so excited. I'm wearing my March to the Summit shirt. This was a... This is a pretty early on. The one issue I have, and I've told them every year. That's not put, the only issue. <laughs> put the year on these shirts so that way you know what year you bought them. That's the tradition of the DeGroats. We go on Saturday. We go up the stairs, buy our SDSU Summer League shirts for however much it costs. It's a pretty penny. But well, then, you saved the money on Valentine's then go find Day. Our seats. So, uh, that's, that's true. <laughs> With that, go big. Go blue. Go Jacks. <laughs>